Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to join us today. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kokom Limli. We're on DTT because we're free to on DSTV channel 421 and Go TV channel 125. We are your home of independence, fearless and credible journalism. Coming up this afternoon, 1,500 residents from communities, seven communities, displaced by flood in Buipe as a result of Bui Dam spillage. Also, this afternoon, ECOWAS commissioned to embark on a mop-up action to retrieve substantial amount of weapons and possession of persons, keeping them illegally in the region. We'll hear from the programs officer in charge of arms at the ECOWAS commission. Plus, government urged to urgently give mental health issues urgent attention as it emerges almost 2.4 million Ghanaians could be suffering from various degrees of mental illnesses, according to the WHO. Top of the list may be socioeconomic problems. You know, when, when the, the country may not uh, have what it takes to take care of its citizens. We're also live on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and X via Joy News on TV. My personal handle is Adhanana Aisha. Please stay for details. Hundreds of persons, including women and children, are struggling for shelter in Bwepe in the Savannah region as flood waters took over their homes over the weekend. Several houses, including toilet facilities and farms, have been submerged. The residents have blamed the situation on an ongoing spillage of the Bui Dam as they fear their woes may not be over as managers of the dam warn of more spillage in the coming days. About seven communities are believed to be affected so far. Head of Disaster of Ghana Red Cross Society, Jonathan Hope, says his outfit has already put up some preparedness measures by training about 40 volunteers in the region to assist NADMO uh, with regards to evacuation as well as assist in the health education. We'll be hearing from NADMO shortly, but first listen to Joy News' Savannah Region correspondent Isaac Nonya on the situation. Let's get on to the phone and speak with an official with NADMO. Grateful for your time, sir. What is the situation with regards to relief to these uh, displaced residents? Uh, good afternoon to your cherished listeners. Uh, my name is Honorable Maura Mustafa, speaking from Bupe. I've had the situation with regards to the flooding in Bupe is still getting not better. Uh, as a result of the initial increasing of levels of the water that 
we have in Bupi. At the moment, more houses have been displaced and uh, more lives have been affected, both human and uh, animals. As the animals within the catchment area is also surrounded. Others are dying. Others are being carried away by the flooded waters. So at the moment, I can describe the situation not fine in Bupi. The residents uh, blame the Bui uh, authorities for not giving them any hint of the spillage. Was not more informed about this? Uh, no, please. Uh, prior to the season, uh, we were told they would come for us to gently uh, not more together with the Bui authority to do some sensational programs along the Black Volta. Uh, we submitted the necessary information to them, but since then we haven't heard from the authorities from Greece. So as the residents fear that there will be more of the spillage, that means that their wars will not end now. What's not most plans for these residents? Uh, with, with, with regards to the situation, we as NADMO has put up a lot of collaboration with other stakeholders like Red Cross Society and that of Ghana Children's Service. Well, we understood that more people will be displayed this year. As a result, we have cured since last year, uh, the Ghana Education Service supported us with a, a school structure. This school structure again has been allocated to us, which Red Cross has also supported us with shelter keys. And currently, all those keys have mounted in the school together with the classrooms to accommodate all those who will be displaced from their homes for, uh, as a temporary means of accommodation for the victims. I'm grateful for your time. Mohamed Mustafa is director of NADMO at the Central Gunja uh, area. We can now listen to Isaac Nonya. He's our reporter who has been following this for us. At the moment, the entire area is flooded. And many of those who are affected have been asked to move to higher heights. We also have the sanitary situation in the area where a good number of public and private toilets have been submerged. And then the water that they're managing over there, which is from the, directly from the black water, is also flooded with feces and water of dew. So those even along the riverbanks who are mostly farmers can no longer uh, able to trace they are crossed. And all, remember, this is the, the harvesting season. You can talk about the tubers, groundnut, and what have you. So the, the few who were able to manage the district capital are those that are being housed around the RA primary school. And the, the rest who are still there trying to harvest their groundnut are those that are both trying to trace and to bring that out from their localities. Yes, as we speak, the DASEC is in the meeting. We are told the regional minister, he spoke to me this morning, saying that he, together with their partners, have advised all residents in the localities to move to the designated areas that the NADMO has located for them while they work to get the situation resolved. He also uh, pointed out that the issue about weed dam and the blood volta, they are going to address it holistically going forward so that they will not experience this in this time.
Away from that, the Economic Community of West Africa State, ECOWAS, says it plans to carry out a mop-up exercise which aims at retrieving substantial amounts of weapons from persons in possession of ammunition illegally. A recent weapon and ammunition baseline assessment conducted by the UN Institute of Disarmament points out to a worrying surge of illicit weapons circulating in the West Africa sub-region. The report is recommending an effective ammunition regulatory regime to check the menace. Speaking in an interview with Blazer Sogan, Foreign Affairs, Programs Manager of Disarmament Unit at ECOWAS hinted measures are being put in place to retrieve the weapons in circulation, revealing the sub-region is producing sophisticated ammunition at very alarming levels. So we need to, um, beyond this workshop, we need to also look at how can we, uh, which we are doing already, particles harm it, you know, can more popular harm already in the circulation. You, you want to buy them? Is that the idea? No, 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 mm-hmm. no we don't buy the okay. weapons, we don't buy the weapons. Okay. What we do is, is uh, uh, voluntary disarmament, let me put it that way. So, because like I said earlier on, this is addressing, this is one of our own strategies of addressing the causative factors. So the youth or the arms bearer illegally have been marginalized. Some of them are willing to have what we call alternative livelihoods. Some of them are fed up. But you can mop up arms from someone, why not give the person alternative means of livelihood? Mm-hmm. So that's with that approach. So giving alternative livelihoods to those who are willing to surrender their arms illegally, of course that cannot be done without collaborating with member states. And then, uh, like I mentioned earlier, straightening our arms control regime to ensure that no harms come to the region legally without the ECOWAS uh, certificate of exemption. And you don't know whether you are aware of that regime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we strengthen that to ensure that no, no harms come to the region without, the, uh, arms contr- um, without uh, uh, obtaining the ECOWAS uh, arms, uh, arms certificate of exemption. Yeah. Then also tracing as well. We also intend to begin to uh, enhance the capacity of our member states to trace harms. Uh, what I mean by that, to trace when harm is seized, to ensure that we're able to trace or track the harms right from the point of uh, purchase to the point at which it became illegal. But um, so when you're able to track harms from the point of purchase down to the point or uh, through the chain of possession to the point it became illegal, then you cannot begin to develop a policy to address that source of harms provision. Second, also, we also begin to work beyond this workshop, we begin to work, we have started it to work with also controlling uh, crafts or artisanal production of harms. I would like to also let you know that many of the harms illicitly are manufactured, many of the harms in, in, in the wrong hands, possessed by non actors, are manufactured locally. This region possesses substantial capacity to manufacture weapons. When you see an AK-47 manufactured artisanally and the one manufactured from an industry in Europe, side by side, sometimes you're able to place different because of the level of the sophistication of this weapon. So we want to begin to work to ensure that we control uh, craft weapons production and a lot of other software intervention mm-hmm. that we we put in place beyond or after this workshop. The, the certificate of uh, exemption is seen as a broad stroke. Um, the, the the fact or you know the view of some experts that uh, it cannot tackle all of the problems that we have in terms of the infiltration. How are you strengthening that mechanism in order to address you know parts of the challenge whilst you work at you know mopping up what's already within the system? No, that regime should not be underestimated. It's very, very powerful regime. Okay, so uh, if your question is how strong, I think it's a very strong regime, and then to a large extent, we're able to now, uh, we have data of number of harms that come to the region. 
So we have that data from we can share that on this on this platform. So we're able to control that and we know from which member states, you know, uh, from which countries this are coming from. We can tell you uh, the number of uh, with the countries that export out to our region. So that we're able to control that aspect. So to a large extent it's working because when we cite a certain uh, request for procurement that is we have, have been, we've been able to uh, to, 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 to curtail, to, to prevent some of you know illegal uh, uh, intention to import into the aquas region. I can tell you because I work on, on that desk. Adeomi is with the ECOWAS uh, Commission, um, Small Arms and Light Weapons Units. Uh, let's stick with security because a new project has been launched aimed at reducing conflicts and ensuring communal harmony in the West Mampusi municipality of the Northeast region. The project is being funded by the Kofi Annan Foundation under its Change Makers Initiative and is to be implemented by a youth-led, peace-building, non-governmental organization based in Walewale. Speaking during the launch, Executive Director of the African Students for Interfaith Tolerance, Issa Toha Shamsu, explains the project seeks to provide space for dialogue and negotiations as the most effective way of preventing and managing rising indigenous conflicts in the municipality. Correspondent Elias Tanko has more. The project is named Youth Interreligious Parliament with a team convening for dialogue and action under this project over 30 young individuals from five communities in the municipality have been carefully selected to embark on extensive field campaigns to educate residents on the need to always resort to dialogue and negotiations during this this is part of efforts to further weaken the steam of unresolved conflict linked to partisan politics, religion, land, chieftaincy, and ethnic dispute in the Westman Presi municipality. A project was launched in Walewale on this year's International Day for Peace. It brought together several stakeholders, including traditional authorities, assemblymen, youth leaders, representatives of related NGOs, and members of the general public. It is being funded by the Kofianan Foundation and implemented by a regional-based non-governmental organization, the African Student for Interfaith Tolerance, ASFIT. Mr. Isatu Hashamsuddin is Executive Director of ASFIT. If you look around, we do not have safe spaces for dialogue. Where we can be able to learn from one another and build bridges across our religious and cultural boundaries. So this platform that we are creating, we hope, would be a safe space for young people across board. So Sebastian Gorka here. I'm living a very blessed life as an intelligence analyst, a national talk show host and author, and I have an amazing family. But like many of us, aches and pains start to interfere with living my best life, even just walking the dog. But I found Relief Factor three years ago, a 100% drug-free solution for aches and pains, and now I'm pain-free and I have my life back. I take Relief Factor every day. Relief Factor can help your body fight the inflammation that causes joint and muscle pain and other aches and pains that come with everyday life. Treat yourself to feeling better, move more, live more, and just enjoy your life more with Relief Factor. Join me and more than half a million other Americans. Get started today with your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. Almost 70% of those who order go on to use it more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference with Relief Factor. 
can be able to learn and build their capacity about what other people are doing within their worship centers and how it feels to be from other tribes and to engage with other ethnic groups. You realize that in Northern Ghana, for instance, there are a lot of unresolved and protracted conflicts. And these conflicts are lying down, waiting for a, a little spark to catch that wildfire. And we know what happens when we have inter-ethnic conf uh, conflicts um, uh, in the region. Executive Director added that the project will include both online and face-to-face -face training sessions to equip youth with soft skills such as negotiations, non-violent communication, mediation, and conflict resolution. He further explained that the Youth Interreligious Parliament Initiative aligns with several of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals, including Goals 4, 16, and 17, respectively. We know without peace, Ghana's effort towards achieving the UN's Sustainable Development Goals would be derailed, and that would impact on the socioeconomic uh, nation, uh, state of this country. So for us, we are so excited and grateful that we've had a successful uh, program. Some of the participants commended both the Kofi Foundation and the African Student for Interface Tolerance for the initiative and pledged their support for its successful implementation. We those here, we already know this is part of our life. But those who are misbehaving are actually the youth back in our communities. If they can be able to put a centralization like, I mean, forums and uh, 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 youth engagement to explain to them and demonstrate to them to know the way forward about it. I think from that aspect, they will know that it's good you have peace in your community. It was very interesting being the program, and I am very happy because as it's coming, compared work with Ladies' Network to make them empowered. So with, with this, if a lady is empowered, Peace in the community. So I'm very glad it's coming on, and I urge each and every person to take part in it. Ilias Sotanko reporting from Wale Wale for Joy News. Ghana be hit with full shortages soon following threat by the tanker owners' union to hold the transportation of Petroleum sector, the haulage of petroleum products across the country is reserved for indigenous Ghanaian companies. But according to the union, a Chinese firm behind the construction of an oil refinery at Tema, Senchu, has brought tankers to offload the petroleum products locally. Member of the union, Kwame Jantwa, tells my colleague Elton Bobby they will withdraw their services if nothing is done about it. You know that. Uh Quite recently, a new refinery was built by the Chinese in Tema, next door to the Tema oil refinery. And we have no challenge with that. But then we realize that they have brought in 600 tankers. They were they're saying they come to haul their product into other OMCs. And we were asking, does MP know about it? Because for anything like that, MP should be aware. The excuse they gave was that the refinery that they built, how they load the refined petroleum products into the tanker, they do it through the bottom and not through the top. 
and that most Ghanaian tankers do not have bottom loading. But that is not true. Nearly 90% of tankers in Ghana have both top and bottom loading. So what is their uh, intention? Why have they brought these 600 in? And we are of the opinion that they have brought it in to do haulage. And the challenge is that they can undercut because they are producing. They can undercut. And once they undercut, that means they are competing with other petrol uh, 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 companies. And then the next thing you see, they'll have their own petrol garages. And gradually, they take over. They have the money to bring in 600 trucks because they say the, the loading system is different. But we can do the same. We have the same loading uh, 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 mechanism. Now, they will tell you that, oh, uh, they are going to hire people. So let's say they hire 1,200 people compared to the number of people we have over 5,000. 5,000 of your members or people who directly get employment from you? Who get business from us? Drivers, maids, mechanics, all those people, maintenance people, they live on the work we do. So if you gradually now come and infuse your trucks into the system and you kill hours, what happens? The number of people that you, you hire, the 1,200, they are less than those who are going to lose their jobs and lose their livelihoods. So the threat here is that you fear this automatically or eventually will drive you out of business. Will kill the haulage business for Ghanaians who are in it. That is the fear. The, 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 the question is, if we look at the local content law and if we have foreign nationals, you know, get into area reserved for Ghanaians, that should raise more concerns for you, isn't it? It raises more concerns, and government should have a look at it. Look, when we deregulated, at the time it was GMPC and those people who were distributing. When, the moment we deregulated, it was made that that portion should be given to Ghanaians. So if you see Shell, BP, all those, they have tankers, but it's not their tankers. It is our tankers. But because we pick for them, we live for them, we paint our tankers with their emblems. But they don't own the tankers. Why should the refinery now come and say, we have our own tankers and we are distributing? Tor, does Tor have its own tankers? MPO is a regulator. Do they have their own tankers? BDCs, who refine petroleum products, do they have their own tankers? They all depend on us. Government has been urged to do more to improve mental health of Ghanaians. This is a clarion call by the Psychological Association of Ghana. As it's emerging, almost 2.4 million Ghanaians could be suffering from various degrees of mental illnesses. The WHO that made the revelation says the situation calls for enhanced cooperation in infrastructure and technical support to revamp Ghana's wobbling mental health care system. We have uh, the council that we are working with. We have the civil society we are working with. Each of them is contributing in a way in ensuring that this initiative and other initiatives that will come continue, that they are sustainable, and that uh, uh, whatever we put in place continues to be operational. So yes, I think uh, going forward we're going to see better mental health services, but it's really all of us, including the media, that we need to really promote and advocate for these services to, to improve, just as we have advocated for other services like continental services, vaccination, those services are there. 
Why can't we advocate for mental health, considering the numbers I've given you of 2.3, 2.4 million people? <laughs> working with the community, working with the civil society, we should be start breaking these myths. If these myths around mental health are broken, it will become just any other, another disease. We lived, when I was a bit younger, we lived in an era of HIV. People never spoke about HIV. Right in whispers. Why? There was no medicine. There was no system to really run HIV services. But when medicines became available, when uh, hospitals opened up for HIV, nobody talks about HIV as the way we used to talk about it or people used to talk about it. People have come to realize that it's a chronic disease which can be managed. It's the same with mental health. The area we accept that this is one of these chronic conditions that need to be managed, the better. Because some of the things that drive mental health need also to be managed. And some of them I mentioned earlier. Substance abuse. The pressures from our offices. We need to have some staff well-being programs in, in offices that will allow for staff that are under so much pressure to go and unwind. Because the, 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 the divide between flipping as you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Professor Castolo is WHO representative in Ghana. We can all listen to a clinical psychologist and public relations officer of the Psychological Association of Ghana, Dr. Isaac Newman Arthur, who is pointing mainly socioeconomic reasons as factors causing increased mental illness in the country. He wants government to treat the current situation as urgent and find solutions to the problem. Probably on top of the list may be socioeconomic problems. You know, when, when the, the country may not uh, have what it takes to take care of its citizens, it leads to all kinds of things. So socioeconomic issues may be one of the major factors. You know, but you realize that low socioeconomic environments may have higher numbers than you know, the higher uh, income counties because of the socioeconomic issues and unavailability of you know, uh, or access to proper mental health care and education, and even professionals, inadequate professionals, to be able to handle uh, those uh, mental health-related issues. So, I think that the education about mental health issues, the public advocacy and education of the masses, is so important. When that is done, you realize that the risk may go down because people are able to take good care of themselves. And again, issues with stigma and those things may go down. So we need, uh, you know, some, you know, national drive on mental health education of the populace. That would significantly help. Then secondly, you know, policies about the training of mental health professionals and also, you know, increasing, uh, you know, access to affordable mental health care is also on the national level. It has to be done. So what it means is that budget allocations and stuff for mental health related issues including them on the national health uh, you know scheme and even private health insur insurance companies uh, some of them don't even have it 
NDC MP for Medina Francis also has introduced a private member's bill to remove taxes on sanitary parts and prevent future taxation of the product. There has been intense advocacy over the last few months for government to re- remove the taxes on the product, but government has not yielded to the demands. The proposed bill seeks to amend the VAT Act to remove VAT on sanitary parts and tampons. It will also push for the reclassification of the 20% import tax on final consumer goods to zero-rated essential social goods and prescribed future taxation. Francis Sosu has since presented the proposed bill to the clerk to Parliament. Thankfully, he joins us on the phone for more. Grateful for your time, uh, Honourable Member of Parliament. First, what does your proposal to the clerk to Parliament signify? Well, the proposal, I would say, it signifies um, empathy and compassion because uh, many have actually cried over this tax uh, handle since January. Uh, we thought that in the middle, during the media review, government would have reviewed the tax. It's still not been reviewed. And people are struggling and suffering. So you can just imagine uh, a young child um, who is in the period which he cannot do anything about, not having the means to buy parts. You can imagine how that looks like, and the implication of that to many, many people. And I mean, periods do not know uh, uh, rich people or poor backgrounds. And so it's a very complex thing. And for the fact that it is targeting women, you know, it's founded as a constitution of the 19th Constitution, and also valid as the 27th of the Constitution. So. Uh, it's just in response to the cries of maybe that just that handle is discriminatory, that something might be done about it. That's why it's that So, Honorable, what are the specific changes your bill introduces? Well, the specific change is to um, script off the 15% value added tax and also to reclassify mental health, uh, 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 mental health uh, products as a zero-rated social good such that it shouldn't be carrying value-added taxation in the future and also prescribe the act of any taxing part in the future. Mm. What, what do you say to uh, those who are opposing, like the AGI, who say such a move will cripple local businesses? That is not correct. I think that um, it is governance that makes us think that such a move will cripple local businesses. Why must we protect local businesses as to the detriment of our women? I mean, the women, women participate in all those local businesses as well. And not only that, I think what the API should be doing is to lobby government and ask for more government intervention and government assistance so they can be more competitive. They shouldn't use, I mean, the fact that um, there could be inflow when those taxes are not there to make a such argument. And you can we have best practices in Kenya, Rwanda, Namibia, uh, and all those countries do not tax uh, part and uh, menstrual health uh, kits. And, and, and local businesses have not suffered. So it, it's not a correct argument. Mm. But how do you respond also to those who say your bill will have financial consequences and the constitution prohibits such private members' bill? Well, I think that position too is not a well-informed position because uh, Article 108 makes it very clear and maybe for the purposes of the audience, if I may read, Article 108 uh, is that Parliament cannot 
unless a bill is introduced or a motion is introduced by or on behalf of the president, A, proceed upon the bill, including an amendment to a bill that, in the opinion of the person deciding, makes provision for any of the following. A, uh, the imposition of taxation or alteration of taxation otherwise done by a reduction. This one, we are only reducing the tax on this product by 50%. And you think it does not contravene with the provisions of the Constitution? Absolutely not. If it is doing anything, this bill is advancing um, a very major, um, 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 I would say, a very major uh, discriminatory uh, practice that we, we, the bill is dealing with. And, and remember that the, the tax handle violates international covenants on economic, social, and cultural rights of women. That tax handle also violates the U.S. Convention on Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. That tax handle violates uh, Sustainable Development Goal 3 and Goal 5. And so we are talking about people, a class of people, who are very vulnerable. And remember, if you go to some villages, some of the children, without, if they don't have parts, they are unable to go to school. People are losing their lives just because of that. And remember the kind of emotional stress that goes in period period, like the mood swings and all that. So the least we can do is to make this period easier for uh, women, you know, in this country. So that tax handle is insensitive. It is very, 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 I mean, uh, 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 it's very, very obnoxious. And I think that it perpetuates inequality against women. I'm grateful for your time. Francis Sosu is MP for Medina, introducing that a private member's bill to reduce taxes on sanitary pad. Let's get on to other stories. The Boafre community in the OT region has expressed profound gratitude to Joy News' Impact Makers awardee, Richard Oko, for empowering thousands of smallholder farmers through beekeeping. Richard Oko was honored for his contribution to agric and social welfare at the mating edition of Joy News impact makers awards this june he founded several organizations to support smallholder farmers in his community he is the president of the national beekeepers association ceo of community development challenge and board chair of wayne bg his social interventions have impacted scores of lives listen to some community members and beneficiaries who share the impact of Richard Oko's beekeeping initiative on their livelihoods at Adeba held to honor him. The award Mr. Oko has taken is a, is a reward to everybody within the Buffalo community. We are very happy about the award because his work, he deserved the award because his work that are happening in this community clearly shows that he deserves to be awarded. So the award is a sign of his hard work. There is going to be an improvement. What I will plead that uh, is that maybe sometimes without finance, things are not uh, actually going well for everybody. So if he could get some support for him to improve upon his work, because the little finance that you, if you have a little finance, uh, your works are, too, are limited. But if your finances are quite huge, you see that your works also expand. In fact, we didn't know anything concerning the uh, the bees keeping and then the honey 
aspect. So when he came around and then he introduced that one, it has really helped us. First of all, it has helped our kids to know a lot concerning the beats. <laughs> The youth in the community did not have jobs, but we are grateful that the initiative has provided jobs. We're still live on Joy News today. When we return from this break, we'll bring you the very latest coming from the world of business. That's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Why? <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. Hello, good afternoon. This is the business segment on Joy News today with me, Pius Kojobaka. The Monetary Policy Committee of the Bank of Ghana has kept its key lending rates to commercial banks unchanged. It held the rate at 30% after meeting to review developments in the economy. Addressing the media a while ago, Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Dr. Ness Addison, noted that the action was influenced by the fact that all the indicators are responding to past measures to control inflation. In the last quarter of the year, Reserve accumulation would be further bolstered by the expected inflows from the COCO syndication loan 
the second tranche of the IMF ECF facility and other multilateral inflows. On inflation dynamics, the continued maintenance of a tight monetary policy stance and relative exchange rate stability have contributed significantly to the disinflation process observed in the year thus far. Headline inflation has declined by a cumulative 14% since the peak of 54.1% recorded in December 2022. Non-food inflation has also declined sharply by close to 20%, broadly reflecting the effectiveness of monetary policy. All core inflation measures monitored by the central bank are trending downwards indicating continued easing of underlying inflation pressures. In addition, one year ahead survey-based inflation expectations seem well anchored. While the disinflation process has resumed, which results in a gradual return towards the target bound over the medium term, bearing unanticipated shocks, rising international crude oil prices, and adjustments to utility tariffs remain a risk to the outlook, which would have to be managed through monetary policy vigilance. Given these considerations, the committee decided to maintain the policy rate at 30%. The committee further indicated that while the expectation is for continued disinflation, it stands ready to respond appropriately should inflation deviate from these broad expectations. We shall be bringing you more analysis on this. Let's move on to some other stories. 300 women across the country have graduated from the Sinapia Bar Women's Mentorship Program aimed to promote entrepreneurship among women. There is more for you in this report. Addressing gender gaps in entrepreneurship demands concerted efforts from financial entities and society as a whole. Sinapia Aba Savings and Loans Limited under its Snappy Aba Women Mentorship Program pitched informal sector women entrepreneurs from various business levels with professional mentors to network and share business knowledge. The six-month intensive free business peer coaching program aims to equip beneficiaries with skills and insight to manage and expand their businesses. Chief Program Officer for Snappy Aba Savings and Loans, Joyce Owusu-Dabo, is hopeful that mentorship will help women entrepreneurs grow their business potentials. We as an institution have realized that the women need other um, services in addition to the financial support that we give to them, and that is building their capacities. Because most of these women are illiterate, illiterate, and so they really need skills and knowledge to manage their businesses, to take it to the next level. So Snap Yaba, in the course of his business, have come up with what we call the mentorship program, women mentorship program, but we do have some few men among them do. So this program aims to identify entrepreneurs with growth potentials for their businesses, to train them to acquire the needed skills and knowledge that they need to invest in their businesses, to grow their businesses and use their business as a conduit for employment for people in their community. And that's it for business. I am Pius Kojobaka. Marketplaces at 1 p.m. Please stay.
Foki provides contents for vitamins? Yes, 12 essential vitamins that growing bodies need. So grow healthy and strong. And smart. Absolutely. Kidivite Multivitamin Tonic contains all the essential vitamins and nutrients needed for the healthy development of children from age 1 to 12 years. Also available, Kidivite Multivitamin Drops for babies under 12 months. Grow strong, grow healthy with Kidivite. Distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Let's do sports. My name is Haruna Mubarak. Now, House of Oak coach Martin Popman, he says he is determined to introduce a Dutch style of play after his side recorded their first win of the season. The Phobians secured the victory over a newly promoted side in Swatriman on Sunday. Now, Popman says he will gradually instill that particular... Find the brand, inspiration, and great value you need to own your style at Macy's VIP sale. Going on now. Use your coupon or Macy's card and take an extra 30% off fall trends and updates. Plus 15% off go-to beauty, skincare, and fragrances. Plus shop specials and find great deals on top brands at Macy's VIP sale. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Style of play in this team. Yeah, if you win, it's also a good feeling, always. But uh, I think uh, we deserve it. Um, the whole week uh, we had a heavy week because everybody was disappointed. And uh, of course we work very hard. And I think this young team deserved uh, the first uh, winning game. Uh, the preseason was very good. But it's not uh, a guarantee uh, for follow the competition. So I think all together... Uh, yeah, we deserve the three points. So I'm very your, happy. Your team didn't look back. You kept attacking and you even brought in more attacking players. Is that how you want to play? Yeah, we, we want to play like Holland, attacking football. But it must be also uh, possible. And if you have to see the whole team this week, they are a little bit uh, down. Because if you play a pre-season like that, we did. And then you expect... Uh, the next three points it was not happen so then I must put them 
on the legs again and give them the good feeling. And now I see they stand up and uh, they give first the three points. Away from football, let's do some boxing. And head coach of Ghana Boxing National Team, Ofori Asari, has attributed Ghana's disappointing performance at the Olympic qualifiers in Senegal to inadequate preparations. Now, 12 boxers represented Ghana at the qualifiers in Dakar, but none qualified for the Olympics. Ofori says Ghana had the talent, but other countries had better preparations. Like he said, we have the talent, we have the level, but there are other things that support, like what Jojo talk about, the um, officiating uh, officials, the way we were handled most of the times. I think I've been singing this song for a long time, and uh, I always uh, use this word that we've been squeezing uh, stone to get water. So most of the times when we get results, it's not just that we brought the results, so that is it. It is because we, are, we, we, we struggle through a whole lot of things and, and, and play some kind of magic. And then before you see, we, we had results. So it has been like uh, sometimes we are lucky. But now, uh, this competition, uh, uh, we, we didn't get that uh, kind of uh, luck that we were, we, we were depending on. And uh, uh, we were exposed in terms of preparation. Most of the countries are well prepared than us in terms of uh, what they did before coming to the competition. Some of them went to Russia, some of them went to Cuba, some of them, they, 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 they exposed their boxers to some level. That's your sports on Joy News today. My name is Harun Mubarak. Up next is World News. Time checkout was making headlines elsewhere. President Emmanuel Macron says France will withdraw its ambassador and end all military cooperation with Niger following a coup. Our ambassador and several diplomats will return to France, Mr. Macron said. He added that military cooperation was over and French troops would leave in the months to come. The military junta, which seized power in Niger in July, welcomed the move. There are about 1,500 French soldiers in the landlocked West African country helping to fight Islamist militants. The U.S. also has more than 1,000 troops in Niger, but these have not been asked to leave. The junta said the country celebrates a new step towards the sovereignty of Niger in a statement quoted by AFP News Agency. That is it for World News. Up next is Showbiz. Everyone has a story. 
In fact, there was a time I decided I have to stop the music. A story of that unique place that gives them a vibe. It's a spiritual moment for me whenever I have to record music because whenever the place is dark, I feel I'm in the studio alone, even without the producer. Excellence, special skills, talent, and mastery. Welcome to E Vibes with Becky on the channel. And what is making headlines in the world of entertainment over the weekend? I'm talking about a joy 99.7 FM in the studios where Kwamidaze hosted Showbiz A to Z. Terry Ofosu, who, Terry Bright Ofosu, who is a freestyle dancer and a lecturer at Performing Arts at University of Ghana, Legon, says that it is prudent that the gatekeepers of the music industry start documenting the sounds of our traditional dance. He says that this is what actually constitutes our sound here in Ghana and also art up to we transporting and exporting uh, dance to the global front and also our sound. Well, this is what he said in the studio. So, the issue is this. Those who are in the music industry must figure out how to be able to record our kete, our palogo, our bambaya drum without any other instrument to get the original sound. raw something that you can play on the air. That is, if you want to go viral as a solo teacher mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever. But now, th this is the catch. For instance, when you take some of the drum patterns, like... Um, Chagbeko. Yeah. There's a master drummer. Yeah. And there are other supported drums. 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 You must have that ear. Yeah. Our engineers do not have that ear. That ear is based on that indigent, that master drummer who is there. True. He has that ear <laughs> to be able to say that, <laughs> increase this one, reduce this, this one, one, lower this one. This is the key. And that is Terry, who also was in the dancing competition back then with Ajetosua. He placed second to Ajetosua coming first and representing Ghana. Well, let's turn our attention on to the reality show on Joy Prime, The Big Chef. Well, contestants are ready for the grand finale on the 1st of October, which is this Sunday. Yes, and they have some messages for you. But before we even get into the message, on Saturday morning... If you are a resident in Ho, you have to join the contestants together with the Unique Fit Club for a beautiful morning warm-up at the Serene Volta Hotel. And it's also going to be transmitted live on Joy Prime. But this is the message or how well they are prepared to you from the contestants. 
12 whole weeks of sweating. The shower. Wipe your face. I'm not going to eat sweat. The anxiety. I missed tears and joy. Finally, three institutions have sailed through. It's the final showdown. Quick School will emerge the overall winner of the maiden edition of Big Chef Tertiary. Who takes home the cash prize of 20,000 Ghana CDs, a 10,000 liter Syntex stand, and other amazing products from our sponsors. The Big Chef Tertiary Grand Finale is coming to the Volta region, specifically whole Technical University campus on Sunday, October 1, 2023 at 4pm sharp. Audience must be seated by 3pm. Come, let's celebrate the artistry of cooking. Audience have a 40% say in the grand finale by voting for your favorite institution via the short code star 713 star 208 hash and follow the prompts. Is it Takrata Technical University, Kumasa Technical University or Ho Technical University? The battle line has been drawn. Big Chef Tertiary is and turning our attention to the foreign front on Sunday, the 11th of February, 2024, Usher Raymond has been named as the one leading the Super Bowl halftime performance. Well, last year we saw Dr. Dre leading it and he brought everybody that he has ever, I mean, done a production for. We saw 50 Cent, we saw Snoop Dogg, we saw Eminem and all the likes. Well, this time around, come next year, February 11th, it is Usher Raymond. Now, my, the excitement or the intriguing thing about this announcement was how they are showing or how they said it to the world. Now, check this out. Hello? Yo, I'm in the booth. I'm going to call you right back. Nah, I just got to put this one part down. I'm going to call you back. I'm at the studio, man. Hard at work. You know, I actually like that. But listen, I heard the news. Super Bowl, baby. Man, quit playing with me, man. I don't play. I'm a coach now. No, for real. Don't play like that. You're playing the halftime show. You deserve this. Are you serious? How you know? I'm Coach Prime. And Coach Prime is always one step ahead. This is your moment. Put that on everything. Be tripping. Remember, when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you dance good. When you dance good and you sing good, you get to play on the world's largest stage. Damn. I'ma call you back. You gonna go. I'ma call you back. Hello? Yo, I'm in the booth. I'ma call you right back. So that is Usher Raymond, and he is headlining that performance come Sunday, February 11th, 2024. And already people are super, super excited because if you had a glimpse of what happened at the festival we had here, I'm talking about the Global Citizen Festival, then you will understand. Asha, you weren't there, were you? At the Global Citizen Award <laughs> Festival. I'm going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is up for it for showbiz. The name is Ibrahim Bedbacko. <laughs> And my name is Aisha Brian. That's how we wrap up the bulletin this afternoon. Log on to myjournline.com. There's more of the news and updates of all the developing stories. Do enjoy the rest of our programs. <laughs>